everybody. Welcome to episode 383 of Good Luck High Five. That's right. You're listening to a podcast that's for you if you play Magic the Gathering, no matter how you enjoy playing Magic the Gathering. You sitting at home playing some arena? Are you sitting at home playing some commander? Are you sitting at home playing? We're here for you. I'm one of your hosts, Maria. I'm another one of your hosts, Megan. And on today's show, uh, for the first time, the historic ladder is here to stay on arena and yes. we're gonna help you out with some of the best and coolest decks to play in that format i so enjoy playing historic it is it's just a party and There's... you know what you were one of the first people i think um on the planet to announce <laughs> that the historic and the standard ladder are the same ladder how did i don't realize that people didn't know that like it's yeah. just one ladder it's yeah. just a constructed ladder. But there were multiple people who tweeted it at us being like, I didn't know that. That's right. You can climb like, in standard yeah. or you can climb in historic, whatever way you want to do. Exactly. So if you're like, do you know what? Wow, I really wish that I could ladder in constructed, but standard is boring my pants off. Put your pants back on or, or don't. You know what? You don't you're actually at need home. pants. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. uh, and ladder up in historic. Yeah, so some pretty cool stuff that we're going to explore there today. And we're going to play Flavor Text Theater with Acoria for the first time ever. That's right. So exciting. We finally have physical packs here in our little paws. My paws are very small. Yeah. <laughs> My paws are, I think, normal sized. Mm, oh, normal sized I actually, paws. I think that. Yeah, I think Sorry, I just normal. got held up holding a pack of magic cards and it was just, you know, like really cathartic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how I miss it. If you didn't catch our episode last week, we actually cracked IRL pre-release packs on the show and yes. built sealed pools out of them. And uh, oh. yeah, today, actually, the day we're recording this, just Monday the 25th, we put up a video on our, twi on our Twitter, on our uh, YouTube channel, youtube.com slash goodluckhigh5, which is us playing those pre-release decks that we built That's against right. each other. Oh, you can see I took the Karuga challenge. Spoiler really alert, did. but I really did. And it was it was a blast. That was a cool deck. Yeah. I, no I mean, I enjoyed I enjoyed playing it. There were definitely cards that should not have been. <laughs> That's OK. You Ooh. know what? That's OK. That's what a pre-release is for. Even if it happens weeks after you've played your first technical pre-release. Yes, exactly. Even if it happens yeah, weeks into grinding drafts. Holy yeah. cow. I've been playing so many drafts. Oh, yes. Um, so good. Yeah. Anyways, a small update. Like, there was a brief time, I think I talked about it on the show, when I could just, like, not win a draft match of a Korea yeah, you to started save being my life. Like, we started off winning all the time, and then not winning, and now back to winning. Oh, man. I I went through a, a period, a big, a big long chunk of time of not winning, but I am now kicking butt, and it's Okay, great. so uh, what's your secret, though? Um, black, black, white, aggro. I didn't oh. ever think that th that would be me, but uh, here we are. I like I, the last one that I drafted. I had two Bastion of Remembrance, and you love that card. I do. It's so good. And do you know what? If you have two of them on the battlefield, you basically can't lose the game as long as you have some creatures. Yeah, two that's triggers, a good point. two triggers, and like it just makes so many creatures like you want, and it's so many like commons make it happen. Because there's just like days, like you just want day squad marshals for days. <laughs> that's what's called that. day squad marshal. Exactly. Day squad marshal for days. Uh, like sanctuary lockdown. That's an uncommon, but I, you can wheel it sometimes. Okay. Um, after, after we're done here, that's what I'm doing. It's Maria. It's so good. I told you the story 
we're already getting off on a tangent. It's the beginning of the show, but it's okay. At least it's magic related tangent. Yes. Um, where so I was playing uh I was playing in a you know, this draft deck. Um, one of the first iterations of it that I drafted and I was like pretty I was at like five and one I want to say in the draft queue or something like that six and one and like once you get up there you start playing against a lot of cycling decks because it's good and I just want to like slow clap so anytime someone is like playing you're just like great you did it it's so rude it's so rude anyways so they're like playing it and I know that it's coming. I'm like, they have a Zenith flare in here, obviously. Yeah. And But I have um, the general enforcer or whatever, the black-white, where for four mana, you can exile a card. And if you exile a creature, then it makes you a 1-1 soldier. And so I've had this out for a while. I've been using it. And I'm like, oh, I think they're deep enough in their deck. I bet they only have one Zenith flare. I'm at nine. And the, sure oh enough, gosh. they like Zenith flare my face for exactly nine. Um, and I have four mana up. And... They did not read the card I, very specifically, I think, because you don't have to exile a creature. It's nope. like, if you exile a creature, then you get a 1-1, one, one, but you can exile anything. <laughs> so I exiled a card with cycling out of their deck. Yes. The Zenith player drops to an 8, and I go to 1, and I ended up winning that game. <laughs> it was so deeply satisfying. To That's like, awesome. just like, they're just like, oh, Zenith flare you for the, for like classic cycling win and to just like snatch it away from them and just be like, oh. I don't think so. <laughs> that is beautiful. That is beautiful. Oh, it was, it was a very good feeling. <laughs> and I think uh, this actually segues us into something that we wanted to do this show because, you know, you're like, I love playing these wacky drafts in a Corian oh, arena. Yes. And we want to know from right you. Yeah, exactly. Well, how you most like to play magic. Yes. Um, there's been, I think like, you know, and on the upkeep these, this week, we cover a lot of the stuff that's like going on with organized play and everybody just gets into like a big kerfuffle over it on Twitter um, because, you know, we ta- we like we follow a lot of players who are very, very competitive. But we also like I realize like the people I love to hear from most are the people who are tweeting about like the sick cards that they got for like their commander deck or their brawl deck. Um, I love seeing like all of the cool stuff that cosplayers are doing or like all of them recently have been sharing lots of pictures from like the times when we used to be able to gather together and like really cool like group cosplay photos and stuff like that. And so I just want to hear about like how are you how do you love playing magic? Um, because it's so many different ways. And I think like for, sometimes it feels to me like I'm awash in like this volume of only the people who are hyper competitive. Yeah, and I don't so- want to be awash in that volume. <laughs> Please send us your pictures of ways that you like to play magic, yourself playing with your family or sitting down on an arena being like, whoa, check out this deck I drafted, <laughs> whatever yes. it is. And if you, you don't can tweet wanna, them at us. Yeah. If you don't want to share a photo, you can just tweet at us with like, I love, you know, playing, yeah. you know, however, however you enjoy playing. Just let us know. I want to hear about it. Yeah, we're at GLHF Magic on Twitter if you want to contact us this way. If you're a patron and you're a member of our Discord, you can post it in there. Yeah. Um, we just like to, to hear and see from you because, yeah, sometimes we need a little bit of infusion of, you know, positivity back into the community when uh, tough stuff is going on. And yeah. like, hey, there's a lot of people out there who just love to play this other way. That's not necessarily super cutthroat. Yeah. 
Uh, speaking of infusions of positivity, thank yeah. you so much to everyone who is a patron of the show over on patreon.com slash GLHF magic. Um, no matter what tier you are at, we so deeply appreciate you supporting the show, especially uh, during one of the biggest question marks in life ever. Yeah, it's so true, you know, uh, and it's not getting any clearer, honestly. No, you know? it's only a question mark that gets uh, that gets bigger every day. <laughs> But because of you, we're able to still do this show every single week. We're able to still do the upkeep. We're able to do video versions of both of these podcasts and post bonus videos like the one we got this week of us playing arena with each other. Um, it's because of you. And if you're like, hey, this is a podcast that I'm super happy is still existing and providing me with this content during this tough time, then please consider becoming a patron. And if you can't, that's okay because other people will step up to the plate and become patrons to help support us, um, you know, if, if you're unable to. And that's all over at patreon.com slash GLHF magic. Lots of different tiers to choose from and reward levels that we'll be able to start fulfilling again very, very soon. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much, yeah. everybody who's joined recently and I'm so everybody who's been there for a long time. I'm so excited to support the U.S. postal system very soon. Yes, as am I. I love <laughs> the post office. <laughs> I mean, obviously, like, honestly, the one near our office is so cute. It's it a is. cute little old like brick post office. Anyways, why do I think the post office is cute? I don't know. Sometimes it it's not. Cute. You all have heard the story about my tiff uh, with with my with my mail carrier oh, that yeah. happened back in January. I um, just love stamps personally. And oh, I stamps are great. Always trying to buy stamps, and Megan's like, Marie, we don't need more stamps. It's very true. I recently personally bought some stamps. I should probably bring them to the office. I don't need them, but they're <laughs> Sally Ride. Anyways, oh, cool. I know, right? Okay, great wait. <laughs> we have so many other people to think. Okay, Card, okay our okay. wonderful sponsor, Card Kingdom. Uh, cardkingdom.com slash GLHF. Great place to go to continue living your magical life, especially if you're one of those people who are playing at home and you want to, you know, you're taking this time to build some new sick brews. Like, yes. head on over to Card Kingdom, get those cards that you need uh, because they are truly such lovely, wonderful beacons of positivity. Other beacons of positivity we want to say thank you to are people who have supported us and our new endeavor to have a new office here at GLHF. Um, and you can still support that. That campaign is still open. Just head to paypal.me slash GLHF. And there's different donation tiers starting with 15 and going all the way up to 500 plus. And you'll get your name on our Gods of Theros wall, which will be going up in our new office. I'm actually recording in the new office today, everybody. Yes, you are. It's I'm weird. Here. It looks... It doesn't quite look like an office in there. You're right. I'm using a green screen. <laughs> I'm using a green screen because, yeah, we're not 100% set up, everybody. But we hope to be set up very soon to show you our first episode from here, which is just going to be epic. Oh, it's so cool. It's so cool. It's so cool. <laughs> that sounded like I've been watching a lot of Disney Channel original movies. Oh boy. And <laughs> that just sounded like a song that could have been on one. <laughs> yes, like uh, me and two of our friends um, who also really enjoy just like terrible movies have been doing some late, like every once in a while it's like 11 p.m. and one of us will be like, Do you all just want to watch a Disney original? And we're like, Yes. <laughs> So, Maria, Megan, you need to recommend one to the listening audience. Now. You absolutely cannot miss the film Pixel Perfect. <laughs> It is 
the wildest ride I have ever been on in my life. Wow. It is a Disney original. It's only about an hour and a half long. Fun, weird fact about it is that it came out in like 2004 and it was written by Neil Schusterman, who later went on to win the National Book Award for children, like for kid lit. Wow. Um, for, a, for an excellent book called Challenger Deep. Anyways, it is, but this, this, this movie, the summary is like a kid, a kid makes a, a hologram front woman for his friend's band, and then the hologram has an existential crisis. Great. And it's a kid's film. Great. And, and it is, wow. It's, it's wow, you know? You know what's so funny, Megan, is I was like, oh, the, I have been watching a physics series on Nova, and the most recent- So much ep- classier than what I've been doing, but <laughs> well, okay. Well, here's the thing. The most recent episode was about how all of reality is most likely two-dimensional and a holographic projection. And so, like, this ties in to your Disney <laughs> Channel original, which is way ahead of its time. <laughs> I mean, it really, it was wild. I mean, this kid just does not think about, like, the ethics of having, like, creating a hologram that can feel. <sighs> wow. I bet they learned their lesson, though. You know, I don't know that I can say that he does. There's, like, oh, man. I, <laughs> no, I, I cannot recommend it. Pixel Perfect enough is the honest truth. <laughs> okay, great. I'm watching it. <laughs> All right, everybody, we're going to talk about historic. That's right. The historic ladder is here to stay. Thank goodness. Yeah, it was just temporary before. Like, it'd be uh, like a ladder that was there, and then they'd pull the ladder away. Exactly, which is not. Yeah, like, that's not a that. good practice. Um, we're not a never medical podcast. Never pull a ladder away. But that will Oh, read. man. <laughs> I once was there when a person was in a ladder accident. <laughs> That makes it sound like you definitely caused it. No, 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 no. Um, it was like across the street from my dad's house. And the reason why we went over is my dad's a doctor. So and they were his neighbors. And so they were they like the guy was like up painting on the side of the house. I want to think I want to say. Um, and he fell off the ladder and they ran and got my dad. The guy's fine. Oh, okay. um, he he briefly thought it was the 1990s. Um, what do you but mean? Now he's fine. What? Oh, like because he fell off and he thought it was the nineties. Yeah, he like he like briefly <gasps> thought that Bill Clinton was still president. Whoa! <laughs> Wild. Yeah. Anyways, weird aside. Okay. Once I pulled a chair out for my mom when she was trying to sit down. Wow. <laughs> I'll never do that again. No. No. <laughs> That's like such a mean trick. It was a we, very mean trick. I feel like it's like sold as like a lighthearted like. Ha-ha, yes, but it, it is. Hurts. It is. You're like, ooh, this will be so funny and cute. Look at me go. And no. then you do it and you're like, no, this is the worst no, prank this I could have like, ever pulled. This is like cruel. <laughs> it's like thoroughly really mean. It was the first last time I ever chair pranked anybody. Everyone. Uh, uh, anyway, historic. Megan, yes. you love historic. Yes, I really enjoy playing historic. I'm so happy that it's back. Um, I think we talked about it a little bit last time because I was playing, I played uh, like a Sultai ramp. And now I, then I played a little bit of Scape Shift, uh, which is what I'm still on right now while I'm kind of feeling out, feeling out the new metagame. 
Yeah, and it is a new metagame because Wizards just released Historic Anthology 3, mm -hmm. which was a bunch of new cards into Historic. So things are getting shaken up there. That happened on the 21st. So we've only had it for a couple of days now. Yeah. So we're going to give you some deck lists here and even like link to them or show pictures of them. But you've got to keep in mind that most of these are not going to have incorporated the changes due to Historic Anthology 3 yet. Some of them will be obvious that they'll want cards from Historic Anthology 3. Some like, oh, maybe this one would play this card, but remains to be seen yet. So just keep that in mind as we go through these lists. Yeah. Um, so starting out, the one that's been like at the top. Uh, for a long while now, including the last time the historic or the last time historic ladder was here, is Gruel Aggro. Yeah, and this one is very straightforward. It, it, you imagine what a Gruel Aggro deck is, and this is it. This is it. It. Uh, I think it was mostly brought about originally by the addition of Burning Tree Emissary, and you're like, it's a two-two for two. What could it possibly do? Well, yeah. it adds a red and a green mana, so it allows you to essentially double your mana on turn two and cast something else. And yeah, that's just a powerful thing to do in an aggro deck. Huge deal for an aggro deck where. It well, the Axis is trying to win on is attacking your face as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. And this card gives you a way to do that sort of cheating another card into play. So giving you yep. even more bang for your buck in the early game, which is where you win anyway. Obviously, you've got a lot of like your classic Riot friends. <laughs> I, I love my Riot friends. <laughs> I love your Riot friends. Very friend, very fun. Um, but Gruel Spellbreaker, even like Zertog Goblin a lot of the time. Get hanging in out there. in there. Get um, in there. Yeah, you have, you have Embercleave. Which is just Bob. a beating. Like, what yeah. a what a card. Domery's Ambush is some of your removal. But oh, yeah, very yeah. straightforward uh, beatdown deck. So if that is your mm -hmm. style, chances Questing are it is beast. one of the best decks Oof. in Heroic to play right now. So, like, yeah. go for it. And historic. I, sorry, what did I say? Heroic. Oh, I wonder why I said that. I don't know. It was strange. <laughs> This is like not they the first time the I've said something really weird in place of something else on the show recently. <laughs> you <laughs> Historic. Could, it could have been weirder. Blah, blah, blah. True. You could Very have been true. like, in Canada, and it would have been like, that's not a format. Wait, it kind of is. Wait, it kind of is. Later? Okay, anyways. <laughs> Another deck that's kind of similar in that it's smashy and plays Embercleave is a Jund Dinosaurs deck. And uh, this one caught my eye because I do love playing dinosaurs. Yeah, you do. In, um, in like, uh, singleton formats, I have a dinosaur deck that I just love. Um, the reason I love it is because of Commune with Dinosaurs, uh, basically allowing yeah. you to go find stuff out of your deck for a single mana. And this this one is playing, like, all the big the big beasties. We've got Marauding Raptor, which is really awesome. Yeah. Rampaging Ferocidon. Remember that card? It got banned Ooh. from Standard. Here yeah, it is it in Historic. Regisaur Alpha. That's old Reggie. Ripjaw Ooh. Raptor. Find you lands. Deal you damage. Rotting Regisaur, the 7-6 for three. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So wow. if, if, that's your, if that sounds like your jam, too, consider Dinos as kind of like a little different take on yep. the aggro format. And you mentioned cards across a bunch of different colors uh, yes. but they are all creatures meaning that ancient ziggurat which came in this most recent drop uh this most recent yeah, historic anthology point. is a great addition to this gonna smooth out your mana big time uh if what you're looking to do is play a bunch of creatures so yeah all and, of the same creature type yeah and speaking of a deck that i have certainly seen a lot more ever since uh, the addition of ancient ziggurat is humans that's Humans right. A very gotten... popular deck 
in modern, uh, now in historic, too. Has gotten a nice boost from that. So Esper is the most common color combination that I'm seeing in this. But Hero of Precinct 1, obviously. You've got Kite Sail Freebooter to come in and disrupt things. Um, And then, you know, all of your classic, like, meddling mage, which makes me want to stab someone every time they cast it. I, there's Free nothing. Freebooter and a meddling mage get wrecked. It is like one of the rudest things you can do. I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> oh, I'm sh- I'm sure you don't. Like, do you know what? I'm just gonna look at all the cards that you could possibly cast, and then I'm gonna make sure that you can't cast them. <laughs> You're not even oh, okay. Do you know what? It's fine. I'm fine. It's fine. I'm over it. It's okay. I'm okay. It's fine. Thalia, Guardian of Thraven, gets to be in this deck, too, which is an all-star yeah. from Modern, giving you know people like Megan a harder time making non-creature spells cost one more to cast. Rude. But this, uh, there's various different builds of this. One that I think is kind of cool is one that plays General Kudro of Dronith, which yeah. is a human lord, and uh, allowing you to sacrifice humans to kill big things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's a bunch of different ways you can build this de- deck, but it does have, give you access to super good removal and dire tactics, yeah. which um, is pretty sweet. Yes. Uh, man, dire tactics, good card. Oh, great card. Real good card. Great card. Speaking of uh, little creature decks, this one is a good for, place for beginners to start off with, which is Mono White Life Gain in Historic. Some mm-hmm. people call this deck Soul Sisters because it plays the card Soul Warden, um, which is really awesome, and Sarah Ascendant, which are kind of like BFFs in this deck. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this will remind you if you started off on Arena with the Mono White Life Gain deck, like it's one of the free ones they give you to start off with. It's kind of like that. You're trying to gain a lot of life, make your tiny creatures bigger, and then yep. smash in and win the game. Sarah Ascendant gets really big. And then the key card of it, I would say, is a Johnny's Pride Mate, mm-hmm. which those just get like out of hand very quickly. And there's even the Johnny Planeswalker that makes a Johnny's Pride Mates. Great. It's, Great. you know, it's a real, it can be a real problem real quick. This version I'm looking at here has a couple copies of Luris of the Dream Den, too, to Ooh, help you yeah. if you get swept or something. Classic. Oh, and then obviously it has Heliod. Oh, yeah. Um, which just puts counters on everything. You can make everything big. Whew. Definitely. Yeah, this this deck I certainly saw a lot of um, the last time Historic was around. I would say that like it was right up there with Gruel Aggro in terms of its you know its win rate. For sure, it's it's easy to put together and it has a straightforward kind of play style mm-hmm. and it's similar to decks that people have played in the and past. And it can get off to a real quick start. Absolutely. All right, this next deck um, is my personal favorite of the list, everybody. Can you guess yeah. what it is? <laughs> Enchantment! Classic. So, yeah, there's a bunch of different ways you can build an enchantments deck. You can do Obzon, you can do green-white. This one that I'm looking at here is banned actually playing cards like Hadana's Climb, which is really wild to wow. have in this deck. Wow, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there's a bunch of cards that will pay you off for playing enchantments. In Historic, uh, Satessan Champion is my personal favorite. Mm-hmm. I love Archon of Sun's Grace, which you get to play in these decks. And you have a really neat Planeswalker in Calyx Destiny's Hand, which didn't get to see a lot of play in Theros, um, but is really awesome in an enchantments deck. Um, and of course, uh, in, in Historic Anthology 3, you get a card that allows you to draw a card every time you play an enchantment, similar to um, some other other cards that have appeared in Enchantress decks before. So yeah. um, 
yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited for this kind of stuff. And this is definitely going to be the one that I build and play with. Uh, this isn't the same as like what I'm looking forward to. I want to see someone's like five color Honden deck. Um, <laughs> that's obviously what I'm like in for with Enchantress. I'm waiting around. I'm yeah, excited so. for it. I hope we get to see it so- at some point. Like, I think yeah, it's going to happen. Someone will make it happen. They will. I mean, the Honda Shrines got released in Historic Anthology 3, so mm-hmm. come on, somebody, let's go. Maybe that somebody's you, Megan. What about that? <gasps> Maybe that somebody is me. It could be you. <laughs> think about it. Okay. Remember, everyone, it always could be you. Speaking of decks that get better with Historic Anthology 3 or are possible thanks to Historic Anthology 3, Affinity is a big one. Yay, uh, infini- F- infinity. Infinity. <laughs> well, infinity. You get infinity like counters and stuff because you get Steel Overseer in this deck, y'all. Yeah, you do. Um, and then I'm thinking of specific like Tempered Steel uh, came mm-hmm. out with Historic Anthology 3, which is a one white white enchantment artifact creatures you control get plus two plus two. Yeah, I want to play this deck too. That sounds great. Yeah, I mean this isn't this is this is more your flavor than my flavor, but it's all right. That's true, and you get access to cards like Ornithopter, and like I said, Steel Overseer, which gives plus one plus one mm-hmm. counter to all of your artifacts. Our which little buddy Stone Coil Serpent, Ginger Brute. Ginger the first Brute. time someone played a turn one Ginger Brute against me in uh, in Historic, I was like, what? What just happened? What just happened though? What what what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? <laughs> Great, great. And they, like you get you you get pretty close to something that feels like modern affinity in this deck with Mox Amber mm-hmm. being available. Yeah. Um Mindstones in the format. Uh I just think this deck is pretty sweet. All that glitters, of course, is gonna be your one of your wing conditions, um, giving you just an enormous creature to smash on in. But this, yeah, I think this will be the other one that I build. Yeah. Um, and then two two ones that I haven't seen deck lists yet for. I've had I've struggled to find like online deck lists for, but I've certainly played against a lot in the historic queues. Uh, Mono Red Aggro, that's a big one because Makes they sense. got yes they got Devil's Play, which is a sorcery that has flashback that lets you deal damage to anything. Um, wow. So you can cast it the first time for X and red, and it deals X damage to any target. And then flashback is X red red red. Um, so, you know, that can just come right back. And then gem palm incinerator, which is the two, one goblin for two in a red with cycling one in a red. When you cycle gem palm incinerator, you may have it deal X damage to target creature where X is the number of goblins on the battlefield, which is obviously just like a very powerful effect. Goblins. Um, Yeah. So I've played against both just mono red and then specifically mono red goblins that had both of these cards in it. Oh, that sounds awesome. Um, yeah. So if you are really into, you want like a linear mono red aggro deck, like it is out there for you. Yeah. And some new super powerful tools to make it even better than it was in the past. Yeah, absolutely. And then another one is obviously mono black. Uh, the biggest addition there is Phyrexian Obliterator, which oh, if someone plays this card against you, make sure you read it because it has some very important text on it. Um, it says whenever a source deals damage to Phyrexian Obliterator, that source's controller sacrifices that many permanents. Just yep. remember that. <laughs> or else. Could, could come in handy. That I've, heard some, I've heard some real horror stories about this. Um, I mean, it is a horror. Is, I, it, is it technically a horror? It is. It yes. is. 
Um, so anyways, yes, that is that is also out there waiting for someone to really make the best possible use of it. And maybe that's you. Maybe that is you. I maybe like this new saying from our show. <laughs> maybe it's maybe that's you. Maybe that's you. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of mono black, I've got a spicy mono black deck here, mm-hmm. Megan. Uh, that is all rats all the time. So if you want something that's a little bit out of the ordinary, rats. Get ready, for rats. Rats. We're, We're the, rat. the rats. <laughs> this plays four copies of Burglar Rat, four copies of Piper of the Swarm, which makes you rat tokens for two mana, and then for four mana you can sacrifice three rats and gain control of target creature, and all of your rats have manas, by the way, and 13 copies of Rat Colony, which, yes, you are being that sure. person. Sure. It's plus one, plus oh for each other rat colony you control. You can have as many as you want in the deck, uh, and <laughs> this deck is so weird. It's got three copies of Scheming Symmetry. Do you remember this card with art yeah. from Seb McKinnon? Choose two target players. Each of them searches a library for a card, then shuffles their library and puts that card on top of it. This art is so good. It's beautiful art. Ugh. It's maybe one of yeah. my favorite magic arts of all time, uh, for sure. It's Four so copies good. of Spark Harvest, because basically that's a one-mana kill spell in your deck. Uh, Metamorphic Alteration, which copies creatures. Um, yeah. And then this is a Luris deck. <laughs> it's a Luris deck, yeah. So I kind of I kind of love it. Yeah. Wild. This deck has the name Ratatouille online, so that yeah. also just puts that's it right what, over the that's top. Really, that's really what, what drew you to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what drew me to it yeah. personally. <laughs> um, and then obviously, like I said, I have been playing Field of the Dead Scapeshift. Um, and there are a bunch of different Field of the Dead decks out there, which are just about ramping your mana. In the case of Scapeshift, what you're trying to do is just cast a copy of Scapeshift and make 19 zombies in a go. Yeah. Um, sometimes if you have a Teferi, a three mana Teferi in play and you've like plussed it, you can do it at instant speed on your opponent's oh, end step. And no. then they're really just done no. for. No. Oh, it is a very good feeling. Um, but there's also variations like there's a four color Yarrick Elementals deck. Yarrick. 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 Yeah, yeah, rock. Yeah, rock. Anyways, um, so that's the um, Sultai big elemental buddy that says like ETB effects are doubled, essentially. Yeah. And then you're also using a lot of stuff like Risen Reef um, so that you can draw a bunch of cards. You have Leafkin Druids so that you can ramp your mana. And then you also have like Field of the Dead and stuff like that. So you're just basically going to value town um, with all of these different elementals and then the Field of the Dead. And then there's also obviously still like the five color Golos variations out there. Yeah. Or and some of them have like Golos and Yarrick and yeah. Sick. You, know, you can that have Yerick as much value as you want. Filthy. Just filthy. Yeah. Yep. Kind of Risen Reef doubling in and of itself just makes me just, I have a like a yeah. vomit reflex that I'm Like suppressing. Risen Reef is a really good card. It's so good. It is so, so good. Good. Oof. Um, it has like Cavalier of Thorns and stuff like that too. Oh, Oof. so good. Um, anyway, so yeah, if that's like up your up your alley, and it certainly is up mine. <laughs> Just so much value. I can't, I you know, I can't look away from that kind of value. I can't ignore it. <laughs> I need it in my life. Yeah, and with the release of this latest anthology, it's going to shake up historic. Who knows in what kind of ways? Like right now, we're only four days away from the release of it. So mm-hmm. um, these decks are kind of like a starting point, and people will adapt, and the format will change. And like we said, it's permanent, you know. So four days away from what? 
from the release of historic anthology three it happened on the 21st oh yes i thought you meant like it was four days away and i was like oh. maria it happened no 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 <laughs> okay We're four days I in was the like, future i feel like we've been talking about it like it happened like you know <laughs> you know anyways <laughs> yeah but like yeah if you have cool historic decks that we didn't talk about here and you're like you need to know about these please tweet them at us at glh of magic we would love to see them whatever deck you're playing winning with losing with i don't care mm-hmm. just really creative we would love to take a peek and see it yeah we would Hey everybody, guess what? It's time for Flavor Text Theater. That's right. So since we're in two different locations, we uh, we each have our own pack. Yes. Um, but we're going to bring you some movie pitches. This is the first time we've been able to do a Flavor Text Theater. Yes, in a <laughs> Because we just didn't wild. have physical cards. No. Okay. Oh, it feels so good to crack a pack. Oh, it really does. It I'm really thinking of my does. Ooh, yeah. my human soldier is my is my oh, token. Everybody. I also got a human soldier. Nice. And Bloodfell Caves was my land. Ooh. Um, but yeah, what we're gonna do a, is I we just, just I just had a planes. Oh, all right. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> we crack these packs and we're going to uh, kind of just make up some movie or TV show pitches based on the card's title or yeah. art or however we're inspired. And we're going to pitch them to you. And, you know, if you're an executive, we haven't had any calls yet, but we are waiting we're by the phone. We're always waiting. We're always, we're waiting, always waiting for some movie studio that wants to make these because they realize uh, the... <laughs> The gold that they truly are. They truly are gold, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, first pitch. First pitch. <laughs> I do have an idea. Okay. Let's hear it. Okay. Uh, this one. No, I can't go first. Okay. I'll go first. I'll go first. Okay. Um, so this is the story of um, two families in the same neighborhood that are both competing in the same lawn competition, like the <laughs> same lawn and landscaping competition. And Great. they're both super into it. And it's like a longstanding feud between the two of them. And we're going to say it also is going to have, this isn't like central to it, but it has like a, like a small like Romeo and Juliet like B plot between two of the kids in the family. Great. families but okay and so there's like there's one one of the families like um the like the mom in it is like do you know what i'm gonna sabotage uh i'm gonna sabotage the other lawn by releasing a horde of squirrels <laughs> squirrels into it um into like their beautiful topiaries and everything right and yeah. so she like releases all these squirrels and they eat all the topiaries because that's how squirrels work shut up it's a thing. Um, and so the other, like the other family is like, do you know what? We know that you did this. And so they go in the middle of the night and they like, they dig up the entire lawn of the other family and put it into their destroyed lawn. Right. It's just like an escalating shenanigans. Whoa. It's a classic escalating shenanigans movie. Um, and it is called Bushmeat Poacher. <laughs> the Disney channel called, uh, their Disney channel. This is so okay. Look, if two of the kid, if like the, if we have the kid like love story, they're into it. <laughs> okay, my movie is like oh gosh, I I don't. It's kind of like um dystopian future, which you all know I love to make movies about. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but really, what happens in this is like in the future, people kind of like mutants. Some people are born with the ability to shape shift and become kind of like whatever form they want. And because they're so dangerous or whatever, the government has cataloged every one of them and tagged them, and like they'll know when they switch and when they when they don't and that kind of thing and they've made it a business so 
anybody who's born with this ability has to go into this business, which is becoming like you can buy a shimmer there. That's what they're called. And they can uh, change form for you for that night. Like, so like, say if you're, you know, have a departed relative who you miss and they're dead, you can take the form of that person and hang out with them for a night and have dinner with them or whatever, you know? So like, that's like some pretty interesting start to the movie there, the different scenarios that you see there. But during the course of the movie, one of them figures out like how to turn off their chip and they start slowly like teaching the other ones how to turn it off and taking over the government and overthrowing them for abusing them for all of these years and making them like kind of like do this business against their will in adaptive shimmerer (laughs) which you kind of which looks see-through because of my green screen (laughs) but that's Um, what it it kind of has has flavors of you remember uh dollhouse oh yeah i never watched it though oh man um it was not around for that long but anyways was um, that kind of the idea uh yeah there was like an uh yeah i don't you know if you want to watch it go watch it um okay so this is the story of like it's kind of like a um it's like a fantasy world and it's one of the classic ones where it's like something has gone wrong right and everyone is seeing like all of the life slowly like leach out of all of the environment around them right like all of the all of the plants and everything are dying um and they they don't know why and it turns out there's um there's one girl who finds out that like she can help things regrow um and so she goes through like the whole thing right of like learning how to use her ability to go around and like help help the landscape come back to life um while she also hunts for like whatever is doing this uh to everything and she realizes though eventually at some point that like every time she uses her ability to help something grow she like gets a little bit weaker oh yeah uh, called and it's called wilt oh yay this next movie is also a Disney Channel original. Um, <laughs> and this is about a family of water mammals that all hang out. And one of them's the teen. And they're so rebellious. And they're mm-hmm. just like, I'm a teen. I'm not going to do anything. And then like Bambi, there's some kind of horrible accident. And oh, the parents boy. are killed. <laughs> And then this teen is supposed to raise, like, its two younger siblings. And this teen is like, no, I'm rebelling. I've had a horrible moment. I don't want to. I'm, I want to be a teenager or whatever. Uh-huh. And, they, and they, run, they swim away. And they find a mentor <laughs> who eventually teaches them the ways of becoming a proper dolphin. And, like, you know, teaching them uh-huh. to take care of their siblings. Uh-huh. And, like, uh-huh. hey, you know what? You have got to become an adult someday. Uh-huh. You can't run away from your childhood forever um, in one, phase dolphin. I was going to say, one might say they were just going through a phase phase. (laughs) (laughs) okay um this is like a this is this is like a classic war movie um except except um it was like originally started as like the tale of like london being bombed during world war ii but then a sci-fi director like got his hands on it in the middle and because, you know, like the original director was just like, I'm tired of this project. So a new one came in and got got his little claws into it. And he was like, do you know what? No, we're going to make this a sci fi movie. Um, and instead of dropping um, instead of dropping bombs on London, they're they're dropping giant leeches and blitz leech. <laughs> the, sci- the classic sci fi retelling of, of, of London during World War Two. I love it. I would watch that. Um, my next movie is a film uh, kind of Harry Potter-esque in which people can be witches and wizards and they're very powerful, but it's also kind of like the golden compass because you have a familiar and everybody has, 
you know, they're a little familiar that comes along mm-hmm. with them on their spell journey. And um, the thing about the familiar is it's not just there to be cute or give you advice or whatever. Uh, what actually it can do is that if another witch or wizard casts a spell on you that um, is potentially harmful, this familiar will, will eat it. They'll swallow it, you know, and kind of absorb the effects. Wow. Um, but the problem with that is, is like you don't want your familiar to die from getting hit with too much negative magic, mm-hmm. but also you don't want to die from somebody casting a bad spell on you. Yeah. So it's a whole like push and pull kind of situation mm-hmm. and making your familiar better through your own magic. And like, anyway, it's called Spell Eater Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> Great. A plus. Okay, um, this is this is a story. This is a classic like um, teen story of you know how there was like the part in Greece where they also race cars like in the in yeah. the ditches or whatever it's called. Okay, it's kind of like a bunch of rebellious teens who do that, except um, instead of uh, instead of like racing, what they do is they've built like these super like these like super monster trucks um, that are about trying to like what like what's the toughest thing that they can bust through. Um, and so they're all, they're all trying to build like these giant, super mechanized trucks that can like bust through anything. And it's also a little bit of like a Mad Max style world, yeah. right? Um, where it's just like, you know, really giant cars busting through walls and ram through. Yep. That is definitely a movie they would make. They would definitely you know make what? that like, movie. Honestly, I kind of want to see, like I would watch that movie. <laughs> it's like Wreck-It Ralph or something a little bit. Plus cars. I don't know. Um, all right, this movie I've got here is about an anthropologist, and she has always been, like, the top of her field. Like, she's kind of spookily good, like Fox Mulder was spookily good Mm -hmm. in the crime division. Uh, And so she will go on digs or whatever, and she will always somehow know where the artifacts are or know exactly how to get something out so it doesn't break or who these people were and what they did. And they're like, how can you possibly know that? And she's like, oh, I mean, I'm just guessing or whatever, but she's not guessing. She knows because she hears voices from those people from the past times that come into her head and like inform her of what their life was like. And she can see visions of them and all that kind of stuff. But one day on a dig, they're in a cave and she hears a new and different voice in her head. Like she's never heard before and it's definitely not human that's Uh right it is alien and it is like aliens who had originally created humanity on (gasps) earth and she's like this is the most impactful find of an archaeologist ever um but she knows that she can't talk more about it or else people are going to think she's crazy like how could she possibly know this so she goes further and she finds more information she goes and she digs until she finds some of those aliens still living underground on earth from the original creation of humanity and she goes with them away to their original alien planet where they formed everything in the beginning in Cavern Whisperer. <laughs> Ooh, and is that a full art? Yeah, yeah, this is a comic book art. Ooh, look at it. <laughs> really cool. Yeah. Really cool. Um, okay, this is the story of just like a normal teen girl, um, except she happens to be, she's kind of like Sabrina where like her aunts are, her aunts are like, she comes from a family of witches. Yeah. Um, and but she doesn't want to be a witch. She's just like, no, I want to have like a normal teen experience. I just want to like go to high school and like have my friends. And she happens to like love volleyball. She wants to like she's like, I want to grow up and be like a pro volleyball player. Like, that's my dream. <laughs> Nothing with witchcraft. OK. 
Um, and then her team, for the very first time in like forever, their high school team makes it to state, and they're in the finals, and she they're they're behind, and she's like, "What are we gonna do? Like, I need to, you know, I need to do this if I want to if I want to go to um, you know, if I want to go to college for volleyball, volleyball if college, I a, if I want to get a scholarship for volleyball, you know, play for like a real college team and everything." And so she um she taps into her which her witch powers to uh, like score, you know, like, like scorch the volleyball, essentially make it just like hit it like so hard. It's like too hot to touch in blazing volley. <laughs> Great. Okay. I've got one last one here. Um, this is in the spirit of kind of like um, bring it on or whatever in that there is a dance team, but there are all animals. This is animated. This is a Pixar film uh-huh. in the jungle and um they're back in time so kind of like ice age too and they're like yeah we are the whatever dance team here in the jungle and there's this one creature who really wants to join it's like please let me on your dance team but is a total klutz just constantly breaking things and just like huge and like knocking over trees and like there's no way you can't you can't be on our dance team what's wrong with you but then one day in the jungle, they encounter a beehive with magical properties and it spills all over them. And all of a sudden, nobody uh-huh, can stop uh-huh, these amazing uh-huh. dance moves uh-huh. in Honey Mammoth. Yep. <laughs> yep. Magical beehive. Um, I'm happy to bring you the sequel to Fox and the Hound, Flourishing Fox. Um, and also, I mean, here's my final real real pitch. Okay. Um, so this is uh, the story of it's like um, the story of like an old school, like a like a castle um, and specifically all of the guards in a castle, um, you know, way back in castle days or whatever. Yeah. And would you know, we'll say this is fantasy also. It's like, you know, it's like a huge magical castle. It's got wizards. It's got, you know, the king and queen and it's got all of the people who are guarding it. And it's specifically about all of them, except we don't ever know what happens outside of the castle walls. We only hear what happens and like see the, the stories of the people who like leave and who come back or who leave and like never come back. Um, told through the eyes of the cat who lives there in Garrison Cat. Oh, I also have a Garrison Cat. Twins. Yay. My um, rare was the Ozolith, everybody. The Ozolith, which also yeah. is a cool name for a movie. So, you know, we'll come back yeah. to that. I had Yadaro, a wandering monster. Ooh, Yadaro, so cute. Yeah. Well, everybody, that's this episode of Good Luck High Five. Thank you so much for hanging out with us once again. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I hope that I hope that you know we help during this during this pandemic. I hope that we help you feel a little bit more connected. I know yeah. certainly doing this episode every week and hearing from people, I feel like our volume of emails and messages that we've gotten has has gone up and it yeah. it's honestly just really nice. Yeah, um, for sure. To to feel a little bit more connected. Thank you everybody who's messaged us. Um yeah. it's it's meant a lot. Um Thank, thank you so much. And mm-hmm. as a thank you, what we do every month is that we have a swag giveaway. And while we haven't been able to ship last month because of certain events, uh, we're still going to keep them going and ship them out as soon as we can. And so we have a winner. Um, you can enter in the giveaway information in the show notes. It's a Gleam giveaway. This one, congratulations to Turn One Thoughtsee. Bang! Yay! You are a winner of a swag giveaway. This month, a brand new one will happen uh, for the rest of the month. 
Yeah. Sick. Yeah. So uh, thank you so much for uh, uh, joining everybody and, uh, you know, uh, for hanging out. If you want to become a patron, head over mm-hmm. to patreon.com slash glhfmagic. If you want to donate to the office fund and get your name on the wall, that's paypal.me slash glhf. Uh, go buy stuff from Card Kingdom. Support them in any way that you can. They're amazing sponsors, and we can't thank them enough. And give yourself a pat on the heckin' back yes. for being cool. Give give yourself like a good like like a pal little like like bump on the shoulder, like yeah little, yeah you know like, like buddy you're doing it okay you're doing it and even if you feel like you're not doing it well that's fine that's okay that's really okay I keep you know what forgetting sentences in the middle of while I'm saying them you got this chief. yeah you do. 